Hey friend, you are gonna love this episode today. I'm really, really excited to bring this to you. Today you're gonna hear my interview with my lovely friend and fellow podcaster over in the States, Patricia Sung. She is the host of the Motherhood in ADHD podcast and the work she is doing really is God-led and she is having such an impact on so many different women's lives. Now Patricia helps mum with ADHD get their crap together one step at a time and feel confident running their family life. After years of serial entrepreneurship and teaching middle school, she has a uniquely practical perspective on strategies for building a life that works when your brain is different. If you're looking for more than theoretical textbook advice, Patricia teaches from a unique viewpoint from her years of effective application in the classroom as well as in her own life. Her podcast, Motherhood in ADHD, is a lighthouse for mamas who have ADHD, reminding them that they are never alone in their struggles. An introverted Midwesterner at heart, Patricia has adopted the word y'all and resides in Houston, Texas. I think it's quite funny probably hearing me say (laughs) y'all, along with her two young boys, an extroverted non-ADHD husband. She's got plenty of free resources at motherhoodinadhd.com and the links to that are in the show notes. I know you are absolutely going to love Patricia. I know that you're going to find the information so helpful and you might even hear a few bells ringing as you possibly resonate with some of the things that she is talking about. And if you are someone who is perhaps a serial multi-passionate entrepreneur, you might recognize yourself in some of the things that we are talking about today. I know that I certainly did. That is the story that I'm going to share with you on another episode, but you are going to love this. I am so excited for you to hear from Patricia. Let's dive in. Often as entrepreneurs and women, we can hear this word multi-passionate. And I know Patricia is going to be like, "Mm -hmm," when she, (laughs) when we are talking about this, Um, multi-passionate is talked so much. And as women, we are often looking for all the ways like to be organized and to get everything done. And it can feel super frustrating. And I know myself that I can't seem to feel like I'm holding stuff together. And sometimes it looks like all the other mums are like, you know, at the school gates and they're so cool and calm and collected. And I'm like carrying a million things and I'm thinking, what have I forgotten? This is why I wanted to talk to you today, Patricia, because I have that feeling so many times when I'm like at the school gate. And I remember listening to one of your podcast episodes and you described that person I thought oh my gosh that sounds like me so we're going to dig into this wonderful and amazing and really really interesting world of motherhood and ADHD with you in a minute but before we get started on that I would really really love to hear like tell us a little bit about who you are as well because we often get caught up don't we in being mom and the work that we do Tell us a bit about you as a mum, and then also something a bit about you that is just about you. Well, I would say, I hope this answers the question. So as a mom, I am this combination of past teacher where it's, you know, all the the rules and I got to teach you all the things and make you the best human possible. And then also the, the balance of trying to not let 
all of my terrible qualities <laughs> rub off on my kids and like reining that in and like being able to live in the moment. And I'm a recovering perfectionist. So there's an element of spontaneity and flexibility that I'm trying to learn how to embrace. And like when my kids want to dive into some kind of talk about some obscure dinosaur or whatever it is where I can just let go of my agenda and really be in the moment with them. So I think that's kind of like where I am in mom life right now because my kids are four and six. It's such a fun age. Like you finally get past the diapers and the, I don't understand what you need and what you're telling me into that phase where you see their personality coming out and you see the person they're really becoming and how you get to, I don't know if influence that's the right word, but help them find who they are and flourish. So mm. I, I think that would sum up me in motherhood at the moment. <laughs> and you're and... you're a boy mom, aren't you? Yes, I, I am I'm a boy a, mom. I'm a girl mom. So it's always interesting to see here and the difference. And what about yes. you then? So tell us something about you that isn't mom and work. It's like, oh my goodness, what do I do that's beyond being a mom and work? Because like my husband and I, we have entrepreneurs and we do a lot of work stuff. Like we have rental properties and obviously I have my, you know, my business helping moms, which was just recently a business before it was a hobby. So before I would say like, that was what I did for fun was the podcast and helping moms. And it's only been a business for the last like six months. So that's been kind of a, quite a shift to switch from hobby to business. But I think the part that I miss that I wish I could do more of is just the creative side of, I love anything that's like hands-on artsy stuff. Like I went through a scrapbooking phase. I went through a sewing phase. I mean, I mean, this is, this is what uh, people with ADHD do is they take hobbies and they like go big on them for some amount of time. And then they move on to another cool hobby. And I just love doing artsy. stuff. like we used to own a makerspace and I love artsy things. Now I don't get to do those as much because I think the hard part about artsy hobbies is that they are more time consuming. And so it's hard to do that with kids. But I would say right now, when I can just enjoy being me and separating from work and motherhood would be either reading. I'm an avid reader. Pretty much if I can, I'm listening to either a book, like an audio book or a podcast. And we do, we do a lot of volunteer work with our church. We lead a small group on Wednesdays and being able to grow with people that are honestly nothing like me are, we have a very interesting small group. We host the virtual one because I have a lot of health issues. So we can't be out and about as much as we'd want during the pandemic. We have this like motley crew of people that we're leading that are a huge age range, all different life stages. And it's just beautiful that you can connect with people in a way that normally you never would. And to help them grow in their faith is just really awesome. I know it's kind of almost a bit backwards, like the sort of feeling, but I really love to get a feel of, you know, what our hosts, what our guests are like, who they are, what they're doing. And then we're going to dig into like some really amazing information that you're going to share with us. And as I said at the start of this conversation, I remember you and I, we, we 
found each other through a course that we were on a mastermind program and we've become really good friends and I'm so grateful to have you in my life it's so much Thank fun you. that we can connect across the globe because obviously <laughs> you're in the US and I'm in the UK I remember one of the things that really really got me when I was listening about to the work that you do and motherhood and ADHD it was just this thing about being multi-passionate and I'm just thinking mm-hmm. like how many times have I said that and I know you're <laughs> going to like dig into that into that into more detail for us but before we get started let's just go back to the beginning and I know this is a big question but perhaps and I'm sure you've spoken about this so many times that you can answer it really probably quite easily but what exactly is ADHD for those of us that don't know and you know can you share like I know you love your science and you learn so much about things what is some of the science like behind it are there any like stats and that kind of thing that you could share with us at the base level ADHD is a neurological medical condition it affects your brain activity and your development the way it's diagnosed is that they look for a persistent pattern of either inattention or hyperactivity or both. And I guess also along with the hyperactivity would be the impulsivity. It has to be persistent enough that it also interferes with your day-to-day. It interferes with your general functioning. They say a minimum of six months, um, but I think that's more when they look at children. When you look at adults who have ADHD, you'll see those themes throughout your, your whole life. And I always like to reemphasize that it is a medical condition. It is a neurological disorder. And it's hard to say, I have a mental disorder. I don't look at it as a, a sickness per se. I look at it as my brain functions in a different way. Yes, it makes my life very difficult in many ways. But it also gives me, like, it makes me who I am. And I have so many gifts that go along with it because of the way that I think of things out of the box. When you think about someone who has ADHD, you'll see, like if you were to like look at how their brain functions, you'll see differences in the brain development and the activity and the brain is a very complicated thing. And to be honest, they don't even fully understand all the intricacies that go into it. They don't fully understand how medicines work. They have a very educated guess on how they think they work. But, you know, we can't go around poking around in people's brains while they're working because then they'd be dead. So we, we don't actually know for sure what's going on. What do the letters, sorry to interrupt, like what do the letters stand for? It stands for attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. And I, and I really don't like the name, but Mm. here we are. And it's been around since, um, like the first documented cases were in the 1700s. So it's been around a really long time and it's had a bazillion names along the way. And it's something that is, it's not a new fad. A lot of times you'll hear like, Oh, like this wasn't around in my generation. We're like, yeah, yeah, it was. People just suffered a lot and didn't know that that was their problem. It shows up in every aspect of your life. It shows up in your relationships, in the way that you get things done, in how you work, in your family, whether or not you're able to pay your bills on time, whether or not you remember details that people are usually get very hurt by, that you don't remember those things. And it's not that they weren't important to you. It just, your brain didn't hold on to that information. And most people with ADHD have lived their whole lives feeling like they are lazy and they don't care enough. They're, they always hear about their wasted potential And if only you could just 
fill in the blank with whatever the person says, we end up with this really low self-esteem and a very negative narrator in our voice, uh, inner voice that just reminds us of all the ways that we've messed up and screwed up. And it is a pervasive and ugly thing to deal with. Yeah. It affects, they, right now they say, they say two and a half to 5%, mm-hmm. but I personally think that's not correct because there are so many adults that are not diagnosed yet. They estimate about 20% of adults have been diagnosed or know that this is what they're dealing with. And so I think it's actually closer to about 10%. Yeah. Just my personal opinion, because the two and a half to 5% is what we know about what has been officially diagnosed. And there are so many people who, especially once you get into adulthood, you may not feel the need to have an official diagnosis based on whatever your situation is. And so there's so many people that are just like, well, I either, I don't have the money to get it done. My insurance is not going to cover it. It's just not worth it to me. I have to jump through 115 hoops dealing with whatever insurance and medical system you're dealing with. And I, I firmly believe that that number is far higher. Yeah. Um, and my mission is just to tell everyone you're not a hot mess and <laughs> how your brain works. And when you understand how your brain works, then you can create systems and structures and figure out strategies that make sense for your brain and find ways to be successful. But when you just think it's you and you're, uh, then you're never going to move forward in life because you think it's you. And, yeah. it's not. and for me, like typically as a teacher, I came across like the little boy who had ADHD and he was sort of, you would, you know, he was, he was sort of very like, he'd be the kid that's like running laps around the classroom and, you know, can't concentrate and doesn't get any work done and that sort of thing. But I remember listening to you and obviously the ladies that are listening to this, like actually you've said previously and things that I've heard about how in women it, and girls that isn't like it's not always identified because like sometimes that that typical behavior that we see perhaps in in you know like in young boys is what we class as having ADHD but actually it can show up in in girls very differently yeah and I always equate ADHD to a if you think of like an Italian grandma with her pasta sauce or like any any like any culture has their like signature dish and if you ask 10 grandmas how to make it you're going to get 10 different recipes. And it's the same thing with ADHD where you have, everybody has the same base, like tenants, like everyone's got their tomatoes. But when you look at all the different like spices you can put in and how are you, do you do a meatball? Do you do ground meat? How could you possibly put meat in that? You know, you get all these different arguments about which is right, right? And so when you get into ADHD, you have some people that are very hyperactive and those are the ones who get noticed because they're driving everybody crazy at five, jumping off the walls and what have you. So they get diagnosed first because they irritated everyone enough that someone said, oh, hey, something, something's wrong here. Let's go deal with it. But for most people who have either, and this, and it's not just for women, but also men, like, I think the more that I research this, I think there's actually quite a few of um, men who have inattentive type that aren't getting caught as well. But generally speaking, women tend to lean towards more of the inattentive type, which means they're getting labeled as the space cadet and the doodler and the lazy one and the forgetful one. And, you know, the person who doesn't stick with things and changes their mind all the time. When you get into that realm, those things don't irritate people as much. And so usually when women end up going to the doctor, it's because of the anxiety or the depression, or they think they might have bipolar because as their, you know, your cycle goes through, they start thinking like they, they have some kind of like, hormone imbalance or something because they're 
they're all over the place because energy re regulation um, and emotional regulation are huge parts of ADHD. When you have people who whose symptoms aren't as much of a nuisance to everyone else, they don't get caught. But I think of ADHD as a tree and the ADHD is the roots. And you have all these branches where, you know, one is an anxiety branch and you have a de depression branch and you have your bipolar branch. And then you also have branches like dyslexia and dysgraphia. You have things like um, addiction and suicidal um, ideation. And all these problems are stemming from the root, which is the ADHD. But what are they going to the doctor for? Their chronic fatigue, how they can't, you know, get out of bed every day. They must have some kind of chemical imbalance or depression or what have you. And that's why they're going to the doctor and the root is not being addressed. So while they may get some medicine that helps them with those other things, it's not actually dealing with the original problem. Yeah. Like, obviously you're depressed because you feel like a failure. Of course you have anxiety because you keep forgetting things and you're, you know, running this constant narrative of like, what did I forget now? What did I mess up now? Yeah, of course you have these other problems. But when you deal with the root of ADHD, all of a sudden, all the branches start to come together and feel so much more healthy because you're dealing with the root issue. I love that. And I am absolutely here for like under finding out that root issue and that was how I mean you know how I solved the headaches that I was mm -hmm. struggling with with the cycle sinking so I'm totally here for that if there's a lady who's listening to this right now I'm asking this question because I've heard that you answer this question and it was <laughs> what sent off massive massive alarm bells in my head what would help women who are listening to this identify that they possibly could have ADHD like what are the kind of common that they might be looking for? Oh, the list is so long. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when it comes to motherhood, just the, the sheer juggling of all the things, you, especially once your kids get into school, you've got like all the paperwork and I can't find the permission slip and I don't know when that's due. And I, I can't remember if I'm supposed to pack lunch today or like all those things. Like When you're by yourself, you can find a lot of coping mechanisms that work for you. But then when all of a sudden you're juggling two, three, four, however many people's problems, it, it just becomes too much. And you can't keep track of all, all the balls. Things like in your finances of knowing that you want to save for retirement or you want to buy a house, but yet you still end up impulse buying, whether that's online shopping or grabbing the little thingies at, you know, the checkout, how they I think that was just like made for ADHD people to just throw all the snacks in their cart at the end. <laughs> you know, you're like, well, but I really... I really wanted to like make different decisions with my money, but then in the moment I just spent it and then I don't really know where it went. Yeah. Um, oh, do you, things what like about the diary. You're like, okay, I'm going to be organized this, this month is it. I'm going to buy a new planner and it's going to be awesome. And you use it for like two weeks and then it dies. And then all of a sudden you, you have got like 13 planners that you've used for approximately four pages of. If you buy a lot of online courses and never finish them, um, you have multiple hobbies that you have like bought all the supplies for and we're like practically an expert in like batik tie dye. And then, you know, two months later you didn't touch the batik again. And all of a sudden you're on to like, you, you bought a pottery wheel and now you're throwing clay. And the other one that really resonated with me was the network marketing, like, pos like mm -hmm. going from different businesses, Hopping from business yeah. to business of like, I'm totally into selling fill in the blank thing. And then within a year, you're like, no, nah, I'm not really into leggings anymore. Now I'm into makeup and now I'm yeah. not into makeup. Now I'm into supplements. And, and like just that 
we get bored quickly and we're constantly searching for that dopamine hit. That's the new planner. It's like exciting. It's like shiny and new and I got my fancy pens and it's going to be great. And then when that wears off and the dopamine wears off, then we're looking for the next hit of like, Ooh, what's exciting. What's new. What are we doing here? This is going to be great. When you know that your brain functions like that, you can then begin to shift and think about, you know what, instead of, because I know my brain works like this, I'm not just trying to find the next cool thing. What is it about something that makes me like truly on fire? Cause like for me, like when I started my podcast, I really thought like, there's no way I can stick with this in the long term. And like this week I'm on episode 115 or 16. It's like amazing. I did something 115 times, but like mind blown. How did I stick with something that long? But it's because this is truly what my passion is. My mm. passion is for helping women who are struggling and have brains like mine and don't know that this is why they're struggling. So when we find the thing that truly lights us up, then all of a sudden, all the things that were in our minds, like detrimental or hindrances or like poor personality qualities can then be turned into like, how do I use this to really expand and grow within something that really lights me up? Because if we don't have motivation, we're not doing anything. Like you can't should me into feeling like this is important. You, your agenda is never going to be my agenda. And so if I dive into what truly lights me up as a person, then you'll stick with it. And that's how you see women with ADHD become doctors or lawyers, you'd think like, oh, how could you possibly get through that much school? But it was probably because that subject really lit them up. And they were like, like, this is my jam. I can hang here because I'm so interested. You'll actually see women with ADHD will be more successful the more they dive in because when you're getting into that high level, like you're getting into nitty gritty, like the details of something you love, like, heck yeah, sign me up. Like, I want that. I don't want bachelor degree core courses of the first two years that nobody enjoys. Like, I don't want to have to take sociology 101. I want to be in the class that I love. Yeah, sorry to totally go on tangent there, but yes. No, I absolutely love that. I think that's so good. And digging into like what motivates you and you were talking about the dopamine here and that that new thing, isn't it? Like the new shiny, Mm -hmm. exciting to get that dopamine and actually how much of an expert you can become when something really, really lights you like completely on fire what about for you then because you've given us some some sort of things to look out for how did you find out what was that like for you what was your experience with that I happened upon my diagnosis by chance when I was a I think it was either my freshman or sophomore year in college I was just falling apart like I went from being an honorable student I was on scholarship at Tulane University, which is highly ranked school. I, my first year I was failing several classes. I couldn't get out of bed in the morning to show up to the 8 a.m. classes because as a freshman, you know, you get stuck with the crappy times. Well, in my mind, that's a crappy time. I'm sure there's some people who are like, I love an 8 a.m. class. It's not me. I was just falling apart, like literally falling apart at the seams. I was on probation for my scholarship and I like couldn't figure out why Like, what is going on? Like, how did I go from being so successful and feeling like I was going to do really well in school to here? And when I went to the student health center, I was explaining this to my doctor 
And she was like, um, well, you know, I'd like you to go over to the student services center and do some testing because the student services center, in my mind, was where all the dumb kids went who couldn't do their schoolwork. And I was like, huh, what? Like, what's going on here? Come to find out I was very wrong. I was matched up with like I got my ADHD diagnosis and I was matched up with a student who was in doing their grad work um, on ADHD in older people. I wasn't that old. I was like you know, 19 or something. And I may have even been 18. I don't know. I'm like, I really need to dig out these papers. I keep saying 18, 19, 20. I don't really know. She did this crazy battery of tests on me for her, you know, grad research. It was shocking that in some areas I was in the 99th percentile and just blew it out of the water. And on short term memory recall, I tested at a third grade level. I was like, oh, ouch. But also like when she was doing those activities with me, I was like, I don't know, like, I don't know the answer to this question. And I can, even now, I mean, literally this is like 20 years later and I can remember like she named off, she just listed a whole bunch of numbers and then said, repeat them back to me. It was probably like 20 different digits. And I was like, I think I only got to like four or five. And then she said, then she did the numbers again and said, okay, now tell me backwards. And I could only remember the last like two, maybe three. I was just like, oh, what? Like I literally had no recall of all these numbers she just spewed off. And it was, I mean, in that moment of the test, I was like, well, clearly I'm not doing well in this one. But to come back at the level of a third grader when you're, you know, 19, you're like, oh, okay. And this is where I get like so mad when I hear about women who go to get an adult ADHD diagnosis and the person, the doctor or the clinician, whoever testing them, it says something like, well, you, you can hold down a job so you don't have ADHD or, well, you graduated from college. So you clearly don't have ADHD or you have an, you know, even like, especially women who already have like a law degree or in med school, it's like, well, you're very successful. So clearly you don't have a problem. And it's like, well, no, I just worked my butt off with all of my horribly overused coping mechanisms to get here. But that like, that's the key to ADHD is where you see the inconsistency of like, if somebody's testing at 99 percentile, and then they come back at third grade level, like clearly there's something off here. And that's where people start to think, well, it must be me. It's something wrong with me because if a client needs something, I always get it to them because that's an like an outside deadline. I will not disappoint my client, but yet somehow I can't seem to figure out how to feed my kids dinner before 9 PM. And they think it's them. I love that. So you were quite like lucky or fortunate that you happened Mm -hmm. across this lady um whilst you were at university I mean that was amazing so you've had I don't know I don't want to age you but you know no I would say I already aged myself I've known about my ADHD (laughs) for 20 years yeah I'm I'm about to turn 40 okay (laughs) so you know you you've sort of you know been aware of of your diagnosis for a long a long time there must be so many women out there who have these sort of like coping mechanisms who are you know like you're kind of it's like that that's that you know analogy where your your head is above water but underneath like everything's going like crazy 
and you know you're trying to kind of like put this face onto the world and show that you're you're doing okay and you're coping with everything but actually you're kind of falling apart underneath the water and I guess that's where you know then the anxiety and the depression and all of these things can can stem from you talk about you know understanding and I talk about this about understanding your body and you talk about understanding your brain this is why I think we get on so well because it's actually about looking at what you have and not being ashamed of it it really is isn't it it's about knowing your knowing yourself and how take advantage is that the right word but use it to the best of your you know optimize I'm trying to find the right word you know well I look at it as like capitalizing on your strengths and bumper padding your weaknesses. I can't change my brain. I'm there's nothing you can do to cure ADHD. Like you can't get rid of it. I look at like, where are the ways that this is really hurting me? And what can I do to bumper pad it? Where can I put some bubble wrap and just try not to get knocked on my rear over and over and over again? So there's that portion. And then there's the the strengths part is that you as a person have a lot of wonderful qualities. Your ADHD has several advantages that mm, a lot of times people are not aware of or they don't they don't give credit to or they don't value things like being multi-passionate is not a bad thing enjoying lots of things makes you an interesting person you're probably fun to be around you're probably a good conversationalist i don't want to say like as a general rule because some adhd people are very self-conscious and very introverted so like there's no like i think that's a misconception too is that all of us are extroverted and you know can talk to a wall. No, I'm an introvert. Please don't make me small talk or network. Please leave me alone. There are pieces, your personality and your ADHD that are wonderful and amazing. And if you can find a way to make them work for you, then you're on good footing. But usually people with ADHD have such a low self-esteem, low self-talk, like negative self-talk that they don't value things like a lot of us are really great problem solvers and we see things in ways that other people don't look at. A lot of times we're, we think that our idea sounds crazy and so we don't want to say it. Like we just don't think like we have anything to add to that conversation. When you look at like the overall spectrum of like who has changed the world, I would bet most of them had ADHD. They're the ones who are willing to think outside the box. Something crazy is possible because we can see it. And most people can't see it. So it's not to say that, like, I, I am very wary of the word superpower because it can be like a little overdone. And there are some people who are so hurt by how their life has unfolded and the way people have spoke to them that they, at this point in their life, they can't possibly see a positive light in their struggle. And I don't ever want anyone to feel like that's not a valid experience because it is. How, it is a medical disorder. It is a disability. Like being able to function in the way society expects us to be able to keep up with and not having the support system, like it is hard. Everyday life is very difficult. Also, if you understand who you are and how you work and what gifts you have, then you have the opportunity to be successful, to start changing that narrative. If all you're doing is sitting in that circle of shame and spiraling down the shame drain, you're never going to feel good about yourself. You're never going to see that your abilities could be used for something wonderful. And it's hard to find the environment where somebody's going to appreciate that you're an idea generating machine or that you can solve problems that no one else can. Like actually finding that environment where somebody's like, cool, 
I need you to solve these problems, but I'm not going to make you do any paperwork. Like I can get you assistant to do the paperwork. Like that is like, oh, like this is where I want to live. But also like we don't all get an assistant. I guess all that to say is like it is possible, but it's not like an overnight change. It's something that happens over time. And a lot of like small changes will get you to the point where you feel successful and finding the right environment. And like, quite frankly, cutting out a lot of people who are dragging you down or criticizing you. It, it's hard. It's really hard. Just because we are on a health and fitness podcast, can I just get you to quickly sort of touch on, does that fit into, or is there anything that people who do have ADHD, is health and fitness important? Is that something that they should be thinking about as well? Besides looking at your medicine options, the way that you take care of your body is, I would say, even more important than trying to sort out your medicine because like medicine will give you the right environment to be able to have the ability to start to employ the strategies that you need. Like medicine evens your environment enough that you like are incapable of starting to set up good habits and be able to function in the way that you want to function. But it will never, like, it's not a magic fairy wand of like, you don't have ADHD symptoms anymore. Like it doesn't work like that. The best way to manage your ADHD is taking care of your body. You have to get enough sleep. Also preaching to myself because I'm like the worst at going to bed early. Like, but also a lot of people with ADHD have sleep issues. Like that's another branch of the tree. We have a lot of sleep issues. So being able to find out like, how do you rest? How do you take care of yourself? From like an an eating standpoint, the foods that you eat will exacerbate or like be neutral. Like there's no food, again, it's not gonna cure you, but like if you throw a bunch of sugar at me, Lord help us all, like it is not pretty. Now, does sugar make me have ADHD? No, but it will definitely make things worse. So, and- A lot of people with ADHD have autoimmune issues. So with that comes a whole pile of like, how are you, like what kind of foods are better suited for you? So it's like, we could do a whole nother podcast on how, on how you like taking care of yourself matters. And the hard part is, is that when we have ADHD, we are usually not good at doing those things. We don't take good care of ourselves. We don't sleep a lot. We realize we forgot to eat lunch and just shove a handful of goldfish crackers in our mouth and keep on trucking. And that's not going to fuel your body. But when we have that proper rest and fuel, that makes such a huge difference in how much your symptoms are affecting your day. And, and I mean, and I, I won't even get off on this tangent, but like in terms of, you know, people are always asking me like, what supplements can you take? And it's like, you really do need to do your blood work and look at what areas you are lacking because there are some frequent like deficits for people who have ADHD. We tend to be low in magnesium and zinc. Omega-3s are good for us. Like, but also like if you just start taking a bunch of zinc and you don't need it, like that's not good for you either. Like you can't just take a whole bunch of magnesium because if you don't take the right kind, all of a sudden you're going to have some poo problems. So watch out. Like, like you need to be like, you can't just blindly throw supplements at things and hope for the best. Like you need to be informed. You need to look at like, what does your body need? But obviously all of that takes effort and attention and time and resources. And so it's just this like constant, like chicken or egg problem of like, well, I want to take better care of myself, but I don't have time to figure it out. So I don't take care of myself and I don't have time to take care of myself, but I don't know what I need to do. So therefore I'm not taking, I mean, it's just like, oh dear. 
So what about exercise then? So you've touched on nutrition. Does, mm-hmm. Where does exercise fit in? Again, that's one of the best ways you can take care of yourself when you have ADHD is that I usually, I mean, obviously like the morning is great if you can, but as a mom, a lot of times that's hard. That is a natural source of boosting your serotonin and your dopamine and getting the blood flowing and like right now I'm not exercising regularly because of my health issues. And like, I can tell the difference. I know how much that makes a difference in the way that my brain functions. And I'm like chomping at the bit for the day that I can do that again. And I am not an exercisey person. Like, let's be clear here. If I never had to exercise again, and could just like be exercisey without actually doing any exercise. I would totally do it. I do exercise for my brain, not for my body. Like, yes, it is important for my body, but it is more important to me. Like where I see the daily impact is hands down for my brain function. Oh my goodness. I love that. Exercise for the brain. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I, could, I definitely relate to that. I think this is definitely a calling of yours, isn't it? Because you are incredibly yeah. knowledgeable. I think God has definitely put this on your heart to just be, uh, uh, you know, uh, someone who's there to hold ha- women's mum's hands through this process. So tell us a little bit more about what you do, where people can find you, because I'm sure there's going to be people listening to this who are thinking, yeah, I'm multi-passionate. Well, actually, it might be ADHD now that they've heard from you. Tell yeah. us a little bit about how you can help them. Um, so, so yes, I will give God credit. He is the one who told me to start this podcast two and a half years ago. Well, actually now I think it's almost three. And I literally was like, Lord, you've lost your ever loving mind. I am not starting a podcast. I am an introvert. I don't ask for help and I don't know how to podcast. So no. And, um, thankfully I, I listened and here we are three years later where, um, not only do I have my podcast, Motherhood and ADHD, which you can find on, a, on any platform, um, I teach classes for moms who have ADHD all about how do you get your crap together? How do you organize your day? How do you deal with your calendar and your to-do list and creating rhythms and routines to your day that make sense, not only as a mom, but with an ADHD brain where we're not going to preach about being consistent because we're not consistent. We talk about being persistent and like, how do we make this work for you? Um, and that you can find on my website, the classes are at bit.ly forward slash ADHD mama. And yeah, I just, I love seeing women grow together because with all of my classes comes our weekly support group on Wednesday mornings, we meet and you can like, I designed it originally because I wanted people with ADHD to sign up for the class and not feel like they only had this limited amount of time to figure out it, the stuff. And then like, see ya, you're on your own. Bye. So like if six months from now, you're like, ah, oh, I haven't looked at my planner in three weeks. Like, it's okay. Come back. You come back to the support group, you get jazzed up again and you jump back in and it has morphed into the most beautiful 30 minutes of my week where these women share their struggles. They talk about what they're dealing with. And I, I think somebody cries every single week. Actually, most of us are crying because we like know the pain that you are dealing with. And people aren't afraid to say like, I can't seem to remember to brush my teeth 
Whereas if they said that in any other venue, people would be like, oh, how do you not brush your teeth? But like personal hygiene is something we really struggle with. Um, they're like, they're just not afraid to share what they're dealing with or how they like just can't get off the couch at the end of the night because they're so tired. And all the other moms like jump in and they're like, you can do this. It's amazing. Like you're amazing. You'll be okay. Like it's so hard. It'll get better. And it's like this like combination, like um, venting time and encouragement. And we figure out like, what is it that you really need? Ask all your questions, figure out what makes sense for you. And you have this community of women who's there to support you. That is so beautiful. Thank you. That just sounds just, I can hear it in your voice, how passionate you are about what you do. We have literally, well, barely scraped the surface. And honestly, if you want to go and find out more, definitely go and check out Patricia's podcast. All of the links and things will be in the show notes because I can never remember stuff when I've listened to it. I need to click on something to keep it on my phone. But thank you so much for your time, Patricia. It's an absolute blessing to hear from you, to learn from you, um, and just to have you as a friend. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I so appreciate it. And you being willing to share because um, it's, it's hard to open up and admit when things are hard. And I appreciate that you're willing to open up and create this space for women to like feel okay, not being perfect and, and be open with their struggles. So thank you. Oh my goodness, how amazing was that interview? Patricia is such a blessing. And if any of that resonates with you in the way that it did when I first found Patricia, when I heard some of the things that she was mentoring and coaching on, oh my gosh, those alarm bells rang for me big time. And I will share a little bit more about my journey through this process with you. Um, in a couple of months when I am ready to but honestly if any of it resonates with you go and do some research do some reading go and talk to your doctor dig into it because it might actually be the answer that you have been looking for and it might help you to better understand yourself and the way that your brain works so have an amazing day my friend and I look forward to connecting with you in the next episode